0: What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that, right? They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rise and Above podcast, a platform for you to share your story. Oftentimes, we all have something that happens to us in life and we have no way of sharing. Many people want an outlet, whether it's writing a book or going on a massive networking platform or starting an inspirational social media account. With the Rise and Above platform, anyone with an inspiring, motivating, or interesting story can come on and share. It could be anything from the struggles of starting a business, the struggles of overcoming homelessness or mental illness. I've interviewed victims of rape, sexual assault, and abuse. There is no subject that is off limits. This platform offers a safe and fun way for you to share your story through a one-on-one experience. If you would like to share your story, the best way to reach out would be through social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook or through email. All the links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Rise and Above podcast. My name is David Hess and today I have Chamber Flore with me. Did I say that right? Yeah. Flore with <laughs> Flore, me. Flore, you got it. it. It confuses me a little bit because my uh, old last name was Flores. Okay. So, it, so it's kind of spelled the same. So it's Italian.
1: The, That's probably the it's difference. Honduran. So Flore... When you just say flory without the S, it comes from the Italians. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Are you you Italian? I was adopted into Italian field. This is the most
0: (laughs) weird intro I've ever done.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm actually Jewish, but... (laughs) Really? (laughs) I am, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Well,
0: uh, that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, today I have uh, Shamber with me, and uh, she is a foster care advocate. Well, she was a foster care advocate. advocate. I'm not really sure what you're doing these days. Um so I guess with that being said uh would you mind introducing yourself tell me like where you're from yeah um a little bit about your your history
1: cool so um I was adopted from Lansing um grew up in small town of St. Johns <laughs> um I was homeschooled most of my life which is super super oh. fun um definitely needed as a child taken from like a lot of trauma um a lot of people don't think about that aspect, but a lot of kids I feel when they're removed from like trauma and placed with a new family they need extra bonding time. So homeschooling was kind of the route my parents took.
0: So you were homeschooled after you were taken away from your, Correct. your family. Okay. Yep.
1: So I was removed at um almost six and I adopted at seven, along with my wow. two other biological siblings.
0: Oh cool. How many oh. siblings do you have?
1: We're one of Is eighteen. What? <laughs> yeah one of 18 and this is biological no so 16 of us are adopted okay and then two are biological so i was adopted with two of my biological siblings which is a huge blessing that normally doesn't happen um but my parents heart was definitely to adopt sibling groups and keep them together a lot of people are like oh i just want one child Mm -hmm. or i just want a baby and my parents are like no we'll keep sibling groups together so that's what they did wow yeah
0: that's insane yep that's a lot of kids
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know when i say it it sounds crazy but like living in it, it's really not, like, yeah. it's just normal, and, um,
0: I bet family get-togethers are crazy. Oh, yeah, pretty big, <laughs> pretty big, so,
1: yeah, about a quarter of us are married now, um, and then a couple of those couples have kids, um, so there's still, like, a lot of little kids left, but I'm, like, I envision when we all have kids, like, even if oh we only have gosh. two, like, that's so many that great is kids. so <laughs> many. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Well, that's
0: pretty cool, though. Wow. So, um so you went into foster care when you were six or seven you were adopted when you were seven yep um what was life like you were homeschooled you were homeschooled your whole whole education career most of
1: career. it i did sixth and seventh grade in the high school um okay middle school or high school st john's middle school um it was not my favorite <laughs> <laughs> the kids are really mean and i actually do think um so st john's is predominantly like caucasian mm-hmm. and so like going into it it was just very a very interesting atmosphere.
0: What's what's your nationality?
1: So I'm Jewish, I'm fifty percent Jewish and then the rest is just like random. But <laughs> right. so my birth dad was actually he was like eighty percent Jewish and then his grand or his parents actually came from Jerusalem. So wow. that's where I get that um so yeah that's super fun um it it was interesting because like all growing up i was adopted both my parents are caucasian and so like i identified as a white person and then when (laughs) i met my now husband he was like i'm gonna buy you a dna test because i want you to know what ethnicity you are and so i did it and like did it actually see it all spelled out i was like i can say i'm jewish now (laughs) um so i kind of did suspect it i remember hearing it pre-adoption but like i didn't know for sure yeah um
0: but that's kind of the case with me too because um i I grew up in a a caucasian home as well i was was adopted and uh then i I did 23 and me (laughs) and i'm oh i'm i guess i'm half and half i'm like half honduran and then my my mom's like irish and european all the random stuff yeah all the random (laughs) stuff so so i'm like half and half okay yeah um yeah so it's it's interesting it's interesting to like because you, it changes your identity a little bit. It does. Yeah. yeah. And you
1: start to look at the, like, the traditions and everything. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it's you know?
0: interesting. So by doing the Ancestry thing, did you discover any family members? Or did you
1: yes. get in contact with well, anybody? Well, okay. So I actually found... I have like a cousin that was out in Massachusetts. He was like a second cousin. Everybody else was like so far-fetched. So I reached out to him. And he had no idea who I was. It was like... It was second or third cousin, so it was like kind of a little far fetched, but we talked a little bit. Other than that, though, everybody I already knew, um, okay,
0: yeah, all your siblings,
1: yeah, yeah, my two other siblings. (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, it was super, super fun. Um, when Ronnie and I got married, we just got married in June. Um, we were like, congratulations, thank you. Uh, we were wanting to include like some Jewish culture. And he came from an African-American family. And so, like, we were combining both together. It was, like, a very, very colorful (laughs) wedding. Like, we did the whole, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, Filling on the roof where they like pick up the people in the chairs and everything oh, but yeah, that's a jewish yeah. wedding tradition and so
0: did you slam like did you throw <gasps> glass on the? we ground? didn't do
1: that no because i was trying to find the line of like not being sacrilegious because i'm like not a right. practicing jew and so right. there was actually jewish people coming that like practiced. <laughs> so i was like i don't want to offend um or just come across as sacrilegious and so like we only did the chair thing and then we had like the prayer shawl over our um I like at the altar area, but other than that, it was pretty normal, but it was super fun. <laughs> That's
0: cool. That's cool. How long have you guys been together?
1: Oh man, so
0: I feel like we're all fi- over the We are all over. That's okay. <laughs> this is fun. So,
1: um, January 1st will be three years, so we became official on New Year's Eve, which is easy to remember. Um, how but romantic! I know it was really fun, actually.
0: <laughs> um,
1: we originally um, we met; um, we were coworkers. We worked okay. at a chiropractor. That's kind of how I got into health and fitness. Um, we both were in the chiropractor in Frandor. and um, yeah, I was like, I do not like this guy. <sighs> actually, fun fact: I had said. I vowed I would never marry a black person, which is so silly. That's
0: racist. It is racist. It is so...
1: Yeah, God's done a lot of work in my heart. So I said this growing up in a predominantly white culture. And then I was like, oh, I'm falling for this person. And my mom was like, I knew you were going to fall for this man. But She's known him for years. And um, I was like fighting this feeling of like what I said as a kid versus like what I was actually feeling. Um, It was so interesting. I've learned a lot. So...
0: (laughs) That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that's cool though. How you're, you're able to make a change and, and fall in love. Um, (laughs) so kind of going back a little bit, um, how did you become an advocate for foster care? Yeah. You were on Fox news. You sent me, uh, the link to your video. How did that come about?
1: Yeah. Oh man. Such a story. Um, so basically I reached this point when I was about 17 or 18, where I just felt like I needed to give back. I went through the system. I'm familiar with the foster system, um, the ups and the downs, the really far downs. Um, and it's just, there's a lot that's missing. Something I uh, recall when I was in the foster care system is that there's a lot of people fresh out of college that they're social workers, but they don't really have any clue, right? You can read a textbook all day long, but mm-hmm. if you've never walked through, you know, abuse, neglect, whatever, you really can't properly empathize. And so, I remember looking around and thinking to myself, why isn't there more people like me that are helping? And I was kind of convicted, like, hmm, I really should, like, contribute. And so... I'm I'm sorry.
0: What's going on? Oh, it's fine.
1: Oh, Um, so... feeling like I needed to contribute and so I remember reaching out to um St. Vincent that's where I was adopted through me too and yeah it's a good place they're <laughs> awesome and um I was like how can I help so they're like okay you can you know become a licensed um like basically volunteer mentor okay. and so um so I got into that that was a when was that that would have been like 2017 2018 um and it was so fascinating even down to like the first girl i got to work with it was just it blew my mind she was coming against me like oh you're paid to just help me out and she was really hostile and that sharing my story with her it like opened her up and so i remember like looking at that incident and thinking wow, more kids need to hear like, hey, I'm not just here to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I'm here because I actually care. And I know, oh, you've, you've had this right. happen to you? Me too. Mm-hmm. So um, the me too factor, I think is really, really powerful, especially with people who've been through trauma. So um, I've kind of taken a step back from being an advocate. There's, there's a lot of other projects right now. <laughs> um, but in regards to being an advocate for St. Vincent in particular, um, there was a lawsuit uh, where the ACLU was going to shut down faith-based agencies and so me being a mentor there having been through the system why were they going to do that they were going to shut it down it's kind of a story um
0: is it because of gay rights
1: yes and no so um it actually was a fraudulent case so they set up a couple st vincent along with a lot of other faith-based agencies will work with any couple um Mm -hmm. up to the actual adoption point then they'll send you to like dhs or something of that nature and so it's not like they don't provide care but it also is like capitalism right we live right. in america where you are able to like choose anywhere you want to go right mm-hmm. so with this particular case and um, aclu actually set up a couple that was actually not even looking to adopt it was all fraudulent and so that kind of helped win the court case um but the the aclu was actually kind of going around the united states like doing this everywhere wow yeah it was oh. really unfortunate and it's like hard because like i have you know love for everybody, right? And I think everybody should have the chance to adopt, but also we do have the freedom of religion. And so um, it was a very interesting court case. So being a part of that was just like eye-opening, eye-opening to a lot of things, but also seeing like going through all the stats because we had to like be knowledgeable on right. the stats of like St. Vincent in particular. Like St. Vincent is, is responsible. I think it's like 93% of like adoptions in Michigan. Really? Yeah, it's huge, staggering. And like in Michigan wow. alone, there's 14,000 kids still in need of homes. And so I'm like, That's why insane. would we shut down St. Vincent? Or like places of that nature that right. do a lot of this work.
0: Aren't they shut down right now? No. They're not? No. Weren't, weren't they going to be shut down? They
1: were shut down for... I don't know if they were like f- officially officially shut down, but like they were ceasing, or some people were unable to work. But after the Horcourt case, which we won, was this last fall? Okay. Yeah, that they are open again. Um. So yeah.
0: So working in um, in what were you, were you working in the group home at St. Vincent's?
1: Yeah. So they would. Um, Or no, let me rewind. So I got to meet all the kids there, but they assigned me, like, a child. Actually, it was two sisters that were in foster care. So I actually went to the foster home. Oh, wow. um, Developed a relationship with them, and then I was passed along to another young lady. Um, It's really just, like, being one-on-one. I think... I'm not, like, a big, scary adult, but I'm old enough to them that they can, like, respect, ooh, this is cool, Mm -hmm. she knows what I've been through, um, and just, like, developing a friendship, Yeah. but then also encouraging them to make, like, healthy decisions, right, it's easy if you've gone through trauma to look at these new parents, whether you're in foster care or even newly adopted, and be like, I'm angry, well, they didn't do anything, right, they're here to help you, that's not where your anger should be channeled, um, so yeah, just kind of working through all those problems, those heartaches, um, and just being there to love on them.
0: That's really cool. Um, now, when you went into foster care, what was that like? Uh, you were six years old, so do you remember a lot of that? What, yeah. What were your emotions? Because I could—I was nine when I was put into foster okay. care, and I, I remember how like it, it tore me apart. Yeah. And uh, haven't been the same since. And so, what did it do to you? And what do you remember?
1: Yeah. So I remember all of it. Um, so I was removed from my two siblings. Um, that was kind of confusing. It's, I remember when they came to the home, actually the first time my mom wasn't there, I was home alone. And so I was like five at the time I hid behind the counter. Um, and I didn't want to answer the door. They ended up coming back the next day, uh, to remove me and my siblings. And you hear what they're saying, like, Oh, we're taking you to another place. But At the back of my five-year-old brain, I'm like, oh, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to come back, right? I'm not (laughs) going away forever. Um, And so what ended up happening, I didn't go directly into foster care. I went through a series of, they're called angel homes. So basically, they're very, very temporary placements versus foster care can be Mm long-term. So some homes, I'd be there for only like two days. Um, And that was really conflicting uh, because I'd go through these homes and they're very nice in comparison to what I was in. I'm like, wow, this is cool. They have a pool. They have (laughs) lots of food, all this great stuff. And I'm like, oh, maybe this will be my new home. And then they'd transfer me. So it actually was like a series of like denial and rejection I went through. Like, wait a second, why didn't this new family want to keep me? So maybe this was my fault. And so um, it escalated even more when they placed me into an actual foster home. Um, was
0: it like an emergency thing where they had to remove you? Yeah.
1: The, yep. So the angel homes were because of emergency um, removal. Um, the last home I was in, though, that was like an actual foster home. And they actually told me that they were going to adopt me, which is like exciting. I really enjoyed them. They're super awesome. <laughs> but then what ended up happening was my two other siblings were with the Flores, which is who I was adopted by. And they said, hey, um, we can adopt all three of them. And this other woman said, I only want Shamber. Um, so the judge kind of was like, you know, she's, they were already like signing papers for me and everything. Wow. Um, uh, basically you guys can, you know, go your own ways, talk through it. And they both were like, you know what? We're just going to like pray about this. We're going <laughs> to talk through this. And, um, the woman, her name is Karen. She's like, I just felt really led to give you to the Flores and keep you guys united, which that That's was so like, cool. it was cool. But at the time it was heart wrenching because I remember thinking like, I'd fallen in love with this family. I'd been with them, I think nine months and they told me like, someone's like, Hey, we're going to take you. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, Oh, actually David, psych, you're going to be somewhere else. And so, yeah, it was confusing. I was like, wait, you lied to me. And then this is my fault. What did I do? And so to be reunited with my siblings actually wasn't really something I was excited about. (laughs) I was like, I don't care. I just wanted to be in this other family, Uh, which ended up being for the better. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a journey. Um, foster care is not even always the safest. There's definitely mm-hmm. some homes where they, if they have other foster kids, they can act out. Right. Um, and,
0: But yeah. you, you had an overall pretty positive experience.
1: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Yep.
0: My my experience is complete opposite. Dude, I want to hear it. <laughs> you want to hear it? I do, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Joseph, the guy running my cameras, uh, him and I were placed into the same home. Okay. But there's four of us. Gotcha. And um, so my brother Michael, who's older than me, and my sister Tiana, who's the youngest, okay, uh, we're both placed into separate homes, and mm. Joseph and I were placed together. And uh, um, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I, I I have an episode, a whole episode about it, but you know, pretty much, pretty much the rundown is, um, we were placed in a home together, and for two, like two, two years, I think we were having to go back and forth to visit our, our mom. Yeah. um, Visitation
1: sucks.
0: (laughs) It's the worst. I I mean, I, I looked forward to it because it was, you know, I loved my mom and I was super close with her. Um, but it took a toll for sure, especially like if she didn't show up or, you know, but it was, it was was a good chance to you know, visit with my siblings that I never really got to see. Um, so, uh, Joey and I were in the home together and- he ended up becoming the favorite um <laughs> and it's he, probably uncomfortable for <laughs> him sitting right there and i i was not the favorite um my adopted mm. mom had to um have she always had to have somebody to take her anger out on and yeah. before it was uh, before us it was other foster kids like there would yeah. always be one specific kid she would take her aggression yeah. out on and yeah. i'm pretty sure she's bipolar and whatever else probably um <laughs> and so as time went on, she just became really abusive. Um, mm. I mean, like there was things that she would she would just be verbally abusive. Like, I remember when I first went into foster care, uh, it was it was always the foster kid's job to take care of the dog, take t- to take the dog out. Everybody had to have a, a job around the house. Yeah, and it was my job to take the dog out. Okay, and it was a win- it was dead winter, and the dog had taken off on me. No and she she flipped out on me and was like, "Oh, that's my dog. Like you, if you something happened to my dog because of you, like we're going to get rid of you." And
1: oh and no. We'll
0: keep your brother and like so <laughs> I'm like wow. 9, 10 yeah. and I'm Great. you know that upset me. So I went and told the the uh, social worker at St. Vincent's uh the following week and and uh they they uh sat down with her and asked her about it and she, of course it was denied, but um and it was kind of like that throughout my whole experience mm-hmm. with them anytime something was reported because um there was so much so much abuse and trauma that happened in the home yeah. so many different people yeah. reported it because we went to church and they would see what was going on and they would report it mm. and they wouldn't do anything about it and um they would I mean they would call and be like hey we're coming out this day to investigate this yeah. this situation and then it would allow them time to prepare a story for when they came out right and that's one of my biggest biggest problems with the foster care system is like for instance like your mom you know I'm sure they didn't give her a warning hey we're coming to your house to take your kids right to see what their living situations like you know they just came and they took you guys why do they do that to foster foster families yeah and so that's one of my biggest issues with the foster system but yeah, so as as time went on, she went to jail for abusing me. Um, wow. Yeah, I was. I think I was right after I was. At, we were adopted. Um, I was eleven years old, and I was homeschooled as well. And uh, I was in my sister's room doing uh, my homework. I was watching. Uh, are you religious at all? Yeah. So are you, yeah, fa- are, are you are you familiar with like Bob Jones?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. So. <laughs> So uh, we were doing like uh, like those kind of curriculum. Yeah. So we'd watch a a, a movie or a VHS at the time, yep. and then and then we'd do our homework. Yep. And that's um, such a terrible way to do school. I hated about <laughs> Jones just as a whole. I'm like, no. It was terrible, and it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I was in my sister's room doing that, and I was sitting on the floor watching it, and she, my parents were fighting about something, mm. probably over yeah. me because I was always the center of uh, all the arguments yeah. for some reason. And uh, she came in, kicked me in my stomach, and grabbed her purse and ran out. And I'm, you know, running out, crying. I'm like, she just kicked me in my stomach. Right. And uh, my dad comes running up, and he's like, what's going on? And I tell him, and she grabs me and throws me into the refrigerator. What? Yeah. And then and then she flipped, a, a, uh, like, a card table with puzzle pieces on it. And oh. puzzle pieces went everywhere. So my dad tackles her and sits on her and calls the police. And, yeah. you know, she was, she was arrested. But... And this is another crazy thing with the with the whole system is that they didn't even know about it. the agency didn't know about her going to jail for child abuse mm. and um later on when i had when I was having issues, I literally called um uh, social services every yeah. single day after school I would could because of what was wow. going on I was yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was so stressed I was losing hair I had bald spots on oh, the back of my, my head goodness. and uh so um yeah so I'd call every day and and nothing would happen and I eventually told them about uh, her going to jail for child abuse and it was it was expunged from her record she did the probation stuff and whatnot She
1: still like but she still got to be a foster parent she
0: still got to be a foster oh. parent this whole time she was still mm. a foster parent and yeah. so they didn't know about it and I, I I'm the one who told them about it yeah so they came out and questioned her and she her her response was how did you know about that and they're like you should have told us and I'm like, wow. I'm like, are you serious? And they're like, well, just don't let it happen again. If it happens again, you're going to lose your license.
1: Wow. See, it, that's, wait, we're, this isn't Lansing?
0: This, so when I reported that, I believe I reported it to St. Vincent's itself. Really? Um, okay. Interesting. And I may be wrong on that, I might have reported it to D H or DHS, DHS but, okay. um, and they might have reported it to the agency itself yeah, because that's where they're licensed through, St. Vincent's. Yeah. And But St. Vincent's did come out and investigate that, mm. and that was their response.
1: Interesting. And so
0: at that point, that's when I lost all faith in the system. I, I ended up moving out when I was 17, and that was it. Wow. That
1: was a wrap. That's so... Okay, I feel like... Um, okay, so growing up, I probably was surrounded by... 30 families that have adopted and honestly the woe stories are the exact opposite it's always like they're advocates for the biological parents and (laughs) then like oh my gosh you took away their water bottle we're removing the kids i'm always like what they get to go back to the birth parents so that's blowing my mind
0: it's insane and i I really i really think it has something to do with who you know because um they were friends with uh, not really like friends but they they were pretty close with the um like the director or whatever yep okay of saint vincent's at the time i don't think it's the same person anymore yeah it's it's not she's newer yeah so um they were pretty close and and the thing is is there's always a lack of homes so there
1: is so they're just desperate it's true yeah
0: yeah and that the thing is with like the home that we went into they always take two two kids at a time so it's a home for two kids so if they got rid of that then that's that's two openings that they they got rid of
1: yeah oh man wow i'm so sorry you went through that
0: no it's all right it's part of my story it's part of what made me who i am exactly so i I, i'm not mad about it (laughs) yeah and it is
1: crazy like it's unfortunate that there are some foster families that like it's not safe it's like they Mm -hmm. went from one traumatic home to another right and um yeah a lot of people i talked to like their foster homes were like that and i think it's it's almost like Hurts the social workers to hear that because, like, they try yeah. so hard to find safe environments. Yep. and like, some people are really good at facades, yeah. right? It's just true, yeah, absolutely, and making their lives feel or look better than what they really are. Yeah. Um, I know in the foster care system, there was a few homes that there was some sexual abuse, just what ended up happening. I was so little at the time, and they had mm-hmm. like a 14 year old boy. I'm like, that is not a good mix. Oh, so, no. what <laughs> that happened to numerous young ladies, like, from foster homes that I went through, and it's common and it's sad. Um, but yeah, it's all how you handle it moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, w- my my question to you would be, like, what's your experience? Because you said you know a lot of kids that were adopted. So I'm assuming you would know a lot of them that were, I mean, obviously, all your siblings. <laughs> <laughs> you know 18 people. <laughs> um, but you uh, – you, so I'm assuming that they were all in foster care, right, at some yeah, point? Yeah,
1: most of them, some of them are direct adoption, though. So okay. it's like – they literally as they got in the system someone's like oh I'm, i'll take them so they never oh, okay. like bounce from home, home home and then i have other siblings or other friends who've been through you know 30 homes
0: so my question is what what have they made of their lives because mm. a thing with the foster care system is or not necessarily the system but it's a stigma is that like oh you're a foster kid you're not going to make anything of yourself you're you're just kind of like a scum of the earth mm. and you'll you'll just always be that
1: yeah so um going back to when I was um, playing a face for the case for, St. Vincent, um, going through all those stats, one of the stats is that most kids, by time they turn, I think it was 21, 91% of them go back to their biological parents hmm. and their dysfunction, so prostitution, drugs, whatever that looks like. Um, and the question in retaliation to that survey is like why why is this happening right Mm -hmm. some of these agencies such as saint vincent they go the extra mile they're with you till you're 21 they make sure you go through college yeah that's what saint vincent is awesome in a lot of ways because it's not just like say dhs they don't have the time they're a much bigger bigger guy right but saint vincent they're smaller and they can be more personalized and make sure you're Mm -hmm. making it through college you have a job we're not just like pushing you out the door right um and so honestly the only answer i have david is Really and truly, and it's it's my story, and it's um, observing other people who have been adopt- adopted, uh-huh. is really Christ, because pre, pre-giving my life to Jesus, it was like all over the place. Depression, contemplating suicide, fear of men because I had been through sexual abuse, mm-hmm. of neglect, is there food in the house because I went through times where I didn't have food pre-adoption, right. and surrendering my life to Jesus, it was just like wow, <laughs> okay, You. it's like, it totally changes it, like, wow, now, because, it's no longer looking back at my past, and being like, that sucked, it's mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, one that made me who I am today, like you right. said earlier, yeah. but now I can look at other people, and go, oh, I can help you, oh, guess what, you've been through that, me too, right. Right. and so, it's like, there, there is such power in our testimony, um, through all walks of life. People are like, Oh, I've been through this job, like, oh, that's helpful. Or I've been through this walk of life. That's helpful. Right. And so mm-hmm. I do believe that everybody's testimony is for a reason and it can be used for other people's help. Now, some of the people who have been through foster care or adopted, because most people I know have been adopted, okay. um, who have not gotten the proper help, who haven't just, like, come to a point of just, like, surrender or just, like, working through these hurts, right? You have a lot of baggage coming from Mm -hmm. traumatic homes and then through foster care. Um, Unfortunately, I have seen a lot of them go back to their biological parents. Um, I mean, I couldn't give a percentage, but I'd say easily 75% of the people I know go back. And it's not even just like, oh, hey, Mom and Dad, thanks for putting me in foster care. It's literally, like, going back into that That dysfunction. Yeah, druggies. Um, I've even seen some people where they go back to their biological parents and they now have kids and they're going back to their birth parents, the very people who like rape them, who aren't even oh. supposed to be on kids and they're taking their kids. So I mean, technically that's their grandkids. Right. Right. But I'm like, what are you doing? Oh like, they're not even allowed like a mile from a school. Like, right. what <laughs> that makes no sense to me. But it's just like, okay, so here's a book I recommend it's called primal wounds and it literally is addressing the wounds of a kid that's been through trauma and foster care and then from the biological particularly the biological mother there's actually wounds and they say that when you're removed from like your birth mom it's equivalent to a death right you're in that womb for 40 Mm -hmm. weeks and you're designed to be like bonded to that mom right when the baby's born she they know the smell they know the the mother's voice and so you remove that people are like oh we removed the baby is you know right when they were born like no that person had 40 weeks and it's not actual memories it's neurological memories right and so there's these primal wounds that are formed even if they don't even know they're adopted they'll go their whole life like i just don't feel like i belong in this family there's something that's dead or missing in me and so these people Either knowing their adopter or not knowing, when they end up finding out, they'll go search because they think, "Oh, my whole being will just be satisfied Mm -hmm. if I go search for the mom." That's more the bond, right? Right. And it it's defeating because, like, they get there, like, "Oh, like you're kind of a deadbeat, and (laughs) you're not safe, and all these things." Fill in the blank. Um, But they have that that desire, right? Right. That's how God created it. But I mean, that's
0: that's absolutely true because. you know, I've always, ever since I went into foster care, I went in at a, like a, you know, at an age where I knew my mom and, like, we were, seemed like we were best friends. Yeah. And so going into foster care, it was, like, it was so heart-wrenching to be taken away. I remember my first night right. laying in my bed. I, I cried because I'm, like, I'm never going to see my mom again, never going to see my siblings. But mainly I was upset that I'd never see my mom again. Mm, yeah. And um, so as time went on, that's that's actually what got me through all the, all the, damage in the house, um, was, you know, I'm going to find my mom one day, Mm. like one day it'll be okay because I'm going to find my mom. Like, we're just going to pick up where we left off. Right, right. And then I find her (laughs) and, you know, we, we, we met, we, we talked and, you know, she, um, she, she apologized for, for whatever. And then, um, that was kind of it. We don't really Mm. have a a relationship and she kind of moved on. Well, I don't think I wouldn't say moved on. Okay. Uh, she's very damaged. Okay. And um I mean, and I guess in certain aspects she's moved on. Um but what I always say to people is like I couldn't imagine because I have kids, I couldn't imagine losing them and then not being a part of their life. Right. You know, like if I had the choice and they came to me years later and right. they wanted me to be a part regardless of what I did to them, right. I would be there. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine not being there. Yeah. So I guess mm. it's it's on you know it's on her plate now so right um but then uh you know I, I never really wanted I never had the desire to like find my dad because mm. um, you know like you said it's like did you a, know
1: him as a kid
0: no well I knew him until I was like two or three
1: okay and so then you don't have many memories.
0: no he was actually he's actually an illegal immigrant um and he was deported back to Honduras Wow, okay. And um, so I just kind of assumed I would never know who he is. Like he's just yeah. he's just in the wind. <laughs> and yeah. um, I did the 23 and me. My wife bought it for me for my birthday one year. <laughs> and I ended up finding my first cousin. Shout out to Melanie. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or second cousin. And then um, her mom is my first cousin. Okay. So um, so I contacted her. And I'm just like, hey, I'm just looking for my dad. This is yeah. his name that I, I didn't really even know his name. I'm like, these are the names that I had. And I yeah. told her the names, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" She's like, "That's my mom's side of the family." She's like, "I'll get back with you." Wow. And then, uh, yeah, then like a day later, she calls me. She's like, "I know where your dad is. He's been looking for you for all these, all this, all this time." Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was insane.
1: So did you did you ever link up with him or? Yeah,
0: yeah. We, um, uh, I called him and we talked, and okay. th- then like a month later, I went. He lives in Florida because that's where I'm from um i went to florida and we met we met him it was okay it's strange what it was strange okay. it was strange okay. i mean it was good but would you, know, you
1: do it again yeah
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely okay. He's he's been up here um cool he, like okay. th- i think the next christmas he came up and he yeah. spent christmas with us so hmm. yeah so i mean he calls me all the time i i've talked to him more within the last two years than i've talked to my mom since i was 18
1: really yeah
0: so okay within the last like eight years i've only talked to my mom like maybe four or five times mm. seen her like maybe yeah four or five times but
1: wow yeah it's everybody's insane. different it's case by case there's no like way to go about it like when you turn 18 <laughs> you can reach out to your like right no everybody especially i mean there's some biological parents who are like oh she got pregnant when she was 15 she mm-hmm. couldn't raise the kids and right. there's other ones that are like you knew your boyfriend was raping your kid. Like, Ugh. everybody is so different.
0: I don't understand it.
1: <sighs> it happens.
0: I don't understand it. So, have you found your birth parents?
1: So, it's super funny you say that. I literally have a letter in my car right now.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I went to my mom and dad's, my adoptive mom and dad's, and picked it up. I'm um, at this point in my life now that I'm like married, settled, that um, I don't know. I. There's an interest, but a lot of caution. So I know um, that one of them is not very safe. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out the fine line. I know I'd have to approach it with lots of boundaries, lots of caution. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been told by from some cousins I'm in contact with, they're like, don't contact this parent (laughs) because they have a lot of bitters almost like bitterness towards me like you didn't come find me out you know what six years ago when you could have how old are you i'll be 24 wow so
0: but why is that your responsibility i don't i don't know
1: (laughs) i don't know it's like there's just a lot of brokenness and they're they're both have some mental disabilities and Mm so i'm trying to just think on it with some grace um yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about the best way to go about it.
0: It There's no good way of going about it. There
1: is, it. yeah, it's true. It's
0: okay. it's probably one of the most weird and awkward things you can do, because it's like somebody you know, but you haven't seen them in forever, and you're like, what do we talk about? But you're in my right. family. It, I don't know, it's a, it's really strange.
1: So I don't have a lot of memories of my dad, because he wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad were not married, and so he would just, like, come and go, um... But my birth mom, I have quite a few. Um, <clears throat> I like know they both live locally. It's just, it's interesting. It's
0: that's weird. Yeah, that's weird that they live locally. Right, They're, they've been like right here five this minutes whole time. To my house. What?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's.
0: Do you think you've ran into them before? So,
1: oh yeah. So funny story. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> she'll hear this. This will be interesting. <laughs> um, so actually, not long after Ronnie and I started dating, it was like two months in. We're in the East Lansing Meyer, and we're in the self-checkout and I kind of like look over and I see this woman and she's flat out staring at me and I was like going on and I was like wait a second and I do this double take and I'm just going to shock. I'm like oh my word this is my birth mom and Ronnie's like babe why are you not helping me and so I'm like helping him I'm not saying anything I'm like what do I do what do I do and she's just staring at me like hello and um they ended up leaving before me and I can tell as she's walking away as she's staring that she's very like, not even hurt, but, like, anger, bitterness. That's right. I can see the bitterness on her face. And Rodney's like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're freezing up. Like, why are you not helping me? <laughs> and I'm, like, on the verge of tears because my whole life, it's, like, I thought about what I would say if I ever ran into her. Like, hey, I forgive you. I love you. Thank you so much. for You put me in an awesome family. Right. Um, and, like, I blew it. Like, I couldn't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to the car. I'm like, Rodney, that was my birth mom. And so, um, yeah, just...
0: That's so weird.
1: Yep. It's it's starting to come to the point now um, that I'm like, okay, I think now is a good time.
0: Um, you have to be ready for it. They, you and do. They, they can't expect you to. You have
1: to be strong in your identity because if not, and as I've seen, it's so easy to just like swing back into yep. prostitution or whatever that looks yep. like. You'll lose yourself. You do. So yeah. convinced. I'm like, this will save me. And it just, yep. it does not
0: yeah, and it's so easy. It's so easy to like want to be accepted by, m- accepted back by them. Right. You know, like this is my, this is my mom. Like I want, I want to make her happy. And, yes. You know, it's, unfortunately, um, in a lot of situations, uh, people who have lost their kids are, when they get in contact with their kids at a, at a later date, they typically abuse the relationship. Oh my and word. So it's
1: so it. Uh, yes, it's so true. They'll like take advantage. <laughs> the mooch. Yep. Yeah, it's a yep. thing. I almost like I don't know if you can relate to this. I feel like Hollywood glamorizes the reunification. Like I think oh, of yes. I think it's October baby. They've done so many movies where like the person goes the whole movie, I'm gonna go find my birth mom. And then they find her and she's like, Oh hey, nice to see you and she's on <laughs> her way. And but they glamorize it like it's a good thing. And so it's a common question and I'm sure you get it too is like oh do you know your birth mom and dad Mm -hmm. and like my first response at first I'd like I almost was like baffled by that question and now I'm like wait it's because they don't they're not educated on the matter right they've never walked through this life and like they just don't know and so now I've instead of being like that's a dumb question i gotta be like okay um well i was sexually abused by my dad i was neglected by my mom like i walked through the facts like would you reach out to them (laughs) like it's not glamorous like you saw in the movie like oh just like does that happen absolutely um but most of these kids again i can't remember the stat it's probably like in the 80 percent tile um are sexually abused like they're removed because of not good stuff right so yeah it, it like it's such a burden on my heart when people like glamorize like you should go find your birth mom and dad i'm like i don't know
0: i don't think that's what you to do it. yeah it's not <laughs> glamor- it's not as glamorous as you think <laughs> it is running in the wind <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when i was um when i was trying to find my mom it was uh it was like i think 2013 or the end of 2012 so obviously i'm sorry do you need to get out of here you're good okay um so it was like kind of the start of like like the internet i mean not the internet but you know like
1: yeah like google search right. was like
0: <laughs> kind of like becoming a big thing so mm. I, I was using google and facebook to try to find her yeah and uh i would find like these old addresses that she lived at and mm. i remember like one of them was a trailer park ah. on the north side of town yeah. and I, I drove through there because i was like well, i'm gonna see if she lives here and uh i was like oh man i don't know what i'm gonna get myself into right <laughs> <laughs>
1: you went by yeah. yourself
0: uh, a girlfriend I had at the time okay, went okay. with me, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I didn't find her there. But, oh, okay. But yeah. I'm like, hello. <laughs> so, um, so you said you're not really advocating for foster care right now. Um,
1: yeah, it's something I kind of put in the back burner, um. It was right around when I met Rodney. I was transitioning jobs. I started education for fitness. And it just, there was a lot. Being an advocate for um, a foster child is a lot of work. Um, and
0: emotional. It's, there's a lot of emotional. Right.
1: And you like, owe it to them. Like, you, yeah. you were there. And it's all volunteer work. Um, but it's like, you were there because you want to see this child grow up and succeed. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to be another stat. Right. You want them to get their healing. And so it's like, you have to be all the way there. And I just yep. wasn't giving 100 percent so um recently it's really it's kind of funny that you were talking about this because it's been <laughs> on my heart and ronnie's like you need to do this uh, that's what god wants you to do and so like i think i will pursue it it's just now with covid it's you know kind right. of annoying people are like oh don't come to my house right now right. So, um so you
0: think you'll just jump back into what you were doing do you think you'll do your own thing
1: i've kind of thought about my own thing um Going through agency isn't hard, but you do have to go through, like, other classes and everything. Okay. Versus if I'm, like, I look around and I go, oh, I see 10 families I personally know. Right. And they have a 13-year-old girl that needs someone to mentor. Like, I might as well right. just do that. Right. So, um, yeah, kind of getting to a place. I am a very creative person. And so I could see, like, a long-term goal. I would love to target foster kids through a creative route. There's so much, like healing through um like music i kind of like yep. people and go art. ride horses too yeah, yeah. Yep. and so i just think i would love to do that
0: now do you you're big into fitness and you're a personal trainer right correct how do you feel because i when i first started this podcast I, I started with the intent to interview a lot of people who are in the foster care system social workers whatnot just to kind of get like make i guess a little bit more public awareness around the whole issue.
1: Mm.
0: Because there's so many different things. I mean, obviously you had a really great experience for the most part. For the most part. (laughs) Um I don't I don't really know the negatives, but that's fine. I mean you had a you got adopted by a really nice family. Um but you know that's not the case for a lot of people, you know, as myself or many others. Right. And uh there's a lot of programs out there for individuals that you know like we really don't know about. Like Mm. for instance, I interviewed this guy um he has a non-profit that's called foster fit mm. and
1: it, i think i know who you're talking about
0: do you know you know about it i
1: think i've seen the program okay People, oh my God, I, was I,
0: sh- s- I share it on facebook quite often okay so that might be what i saw <laughs> <laughs> so this guy justin he he uh is the founder of foster fit and what it is it's it's a program for foster kids um whether you're adopted um you're in foster <laughs> care you were in foster care. If you were in the system whatsoever, um, they will pay for a gym membership, a CrossFit gym membership for you. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's super cool. Super cool. Interesting. And
0: now, that's one thing I found with fitness has helped me a lot. Like it's a with, release. Like, with, well, yeah, it's a release. Yeah. With aggression and just emotions, it's, yeah. it's, it's good to get a good pump on every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about that? What do you think? With your thoughts? I love that. Yeah? That
1: is so... I l- see everybody this is why we need everybody right it's like everybody has so many ideas and thoughts to bring to the table i never would have thought of that any i am in the fitness realm you know <laughs> that is so cool though and i could see how kind of like we joke like oh you need to go punch a punching bag right, right? get out right. the anger like that's such a good release um i love that very cool i have to reach out to this guy
0: (laughs) i can hook you up yes i I love it i will hook you up with him because um it's it's nationwide so i mean he's based out of new jersey okay um so i think the way it works is uh if if like you fill out an application like like you would qualify for a gym membership through him Mm. or through his organization cool so like you would apply and then they would find a crossfit gym within like a certain amount of radius with it like so it's not
1: a general gym work membership it's just for like the crossfit classes
0: i think so okay Uh, so i
1: wonder if hit fitness would qualify i would think
0: so yeah i would think so um again i don't know the specifics of it
1: interesting
0: okay i i i tend to think that it should be like a general uh You know, gym membership because a lot of people don't want to do CrossFit. Like, especially small
1: towns don't necessarily have that, right? Yeah.
0: Um, Or if you're like a teenager, you want to get buff, you want to get jacked, (laughs) I want to look good for my boys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing football, like, you like, you know, teenage boys don't more
1: lifting than you are gonna be like right? Yeah,
0: I I personally like CrossFit. I think it's yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, so yeah, I will hook you up with him. Yeah, it'd be cool.
1: I love that. Very. I just. I love, I'm sure he has a reason for starting it. I don't know if that's his story,
0: but. He, I don't think he was in foster care. No. Okay, nope. just
1: has a heart for it. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then um, he, he likes CrossFit. Okay. He loves CrossFit, so. I love it. Yeah. I, I just
1: love everybody's gifts and so much fun. I love it.
0: It's, it's cool to see what people are doing. Um, I mean, not just locally, but nationally. You know, people are just trying, so to, make much it, just trying to make a on. difference.
1: It's true. It's true so. sometimes it's easy to get like caught up in little Lansing which is like oh, yeah. little in comparison to other cities and then you look around and you're like wow people are doing some awesome stuff out there. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And like I said nationally people are doing great things. Locally, I'm I'm amazed at how how many programs we have here. Like started starting this podcast and, and interviewing people yeah. within our community. It's crazy. It's crazy all the things going on. Hmm. That seems
1: fun i know i i love michigan i don't know about you
0: i I don't like it you don't i'm from florida oh good point
1: (laughs) yeah why did you move to michigan i had to (laughs) (laughs) wait so what's your dream state then to live in
0: oh boy
1: Would you just go back to florida
0: no okay um i don't know i there's so many different states that are beautiful like i I went to colorado Mm. and i loved colorado I just love the mountains. There's something yes. like majestic about it. Yes. Um, so, so you're I,
1: more of a mountains per- person than you are a beach person.
0: It just depends what time of year it yeah. is. I I'm guess. a mountain person all <laughs> the way. I don't know. I appreciate both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I would like the mountains better because, I mean, there's so many more things you can do.
1: It's true. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, if you're into hunting, you can hunt, you can right? ski, you hike can hike.
1: Is- nor- yeah so much stuff <laughs> yeah my ronnie and i we go on our honeymoon next uh, month and we're going to arkansas and everybody's like arkansas, arkansas. Right? <laughs> right right right. but hear me out so we had a couple super generous couple that are like wherever you want to go in the united states we'll pay for it and i'm like wow that's really like whew, that's mind-boggling i don't even know what to pick so they said what do you guys like to do and we both said we're well, definitely not a beach um and beaches are nice but we just we prefer more yeah. like hiking like adventure they're like right. oh you have to go to arkansas they first said colorado i've already been and okay. we both wanted to go somewhere we've never been right and so they're like you have to go to arkansas I'm like that was random they
0: said no <laughs> look it
1: up so look up hot springs arkansas there's like underground like in caves lit oh, up wow. snorkeling there's hiking there's like waterfalls hot springs wow
0: like there's That's lots cool. of
1: like hidden waterfall cave like it's very cool it's beautiful you're it's not like scared
0: a- you're not scared to get trapped in there
1: Okay, you know what I'm most scared about? <laughs> not that. Not. Although I did think about it, I'm like, oh my, what, do I really want to do this? <laughs> what I'm most scared about is spiders. I'm deathly afraid of spiders, <laughs> and there's black widows down there. I already like did the full search of like every poisonous <laughs> spider in Arkansas, and my husband's like, what are you doing? Stop, Stop doing Stop! that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! And it's super hot. Like it was 100 degrees twice this week. So I'm like, oh hopefully in a month it will cool down at least to it like the 80s. <laughs> I would
0: I would think it should.
1: But you know
0: yeah i don't know i i loved in so colorado Me- okay. colorado okay. new mexico i like new mexico a okay. lot too i've been there um it's there's like nobody there though it's weird really yeah it's strange like
1: desert like. Um, well what's
0: weird about it is half the state is like farmland and it's like just open plains and mm. maybe a couple mountains and then the other half of the state's like desert kind of like arizona okay yeah um and it's beautiful yeah but it's desolate there's like no green though (laughs) no (laughs) green everybody's yards are rocks right um so it's beautiful there and it's it's really hot but what's interesting is like on our way back um we we were driving from the desert part of it into the the grasslands and it was snowing in the middle of july or june it was so strange and it was like 100 degrees out
1: Wait, it was snowing because you're coming from the mountains. No. In the ma- nope. Wait, what?
0: It was strange.
1: That is so bizarre. It
0: was bizarre.
1: And it's just like melting, sizzling. Guess.
0: It, it stayed on the ground. I don't, I don't understand it. It was weird.
1: But it was warm. You were just walking around in shorts and t-shirt. I was
0: driving, but yeah. That's
1: that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, when well, Michigan, when it snows, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> have you ever been to the UP though? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes, plenty. No, of No, I feel like
1: a lot of people that tell me they don't like Michigan. I'm like, you have. You to have, have to go to the
0: UP. UP i i don't hate michigan i just don't like the cold like the cold here because it, i don't mind the cold i just don't like it being cold without snow
1: right if it's like, gonna
0: be cold for no reason like yeah come on pointless <laughs> it's rainy. <laughs> especially
1: because michigan like our springs are pretty much cold and wet <laughs> yep. and our falls we don't really get like those and sixties. it just goes to right. cold yeah and rain or, yeah so or snow. i get that <laughs> i get that summers are very short-lived here <laughs> oh man
0: um, so you also have a podcast, or you're, you're co-host on co-hosts. a podcast. You want yeah. to talk about that real quick?
1: Yeah, so uh, the podcast is through Hit Fitness um, in Lansing, and it's called The Afterburn. Um, super fun podcast. Uh, we've brought in lots of awesome guests. Um, it's predominantly on health and fitness, but we'd like to hear other people's stories. Like the last podcast we did was with... Um, I don't want to call him a hiring agent, because I feel like that's degrading, what well, he does. <laughs> but he's like... Super cool. He does help people get jobs, but it's okay. so much more um I don't know, not even just professional, but he really hones in on like what are you actually good at? Right. I can help you get a job at anywhere right, right. where I can actually figure out like, hey, you like fitness, but I don't think that's really what you're good at. Right. So he really locks you in, he helps you get well wow. put together a resume. He's amazing. So um reason why he was a guest is he actually worked with Nate, who's the owner of Hit Fitness. Okay. Um, And just really helped him launch his, you know, his vision and now where he's at today. And so, but when you talk with him, oh my word, you you will not walk away from a conversation without gathering like 20 new facts. I was just (laughs) so... mind blown um but he's just awesome he has an answered every question and um yeah we just love i guess acquiring knowledge through lots of different yeah, guests so yep. yeah we'll have to have you
0: yeah i would love to come on super fun yeah it'd be a lot of fun <laughs> i'm i'm uh by doing the podcast i'm learning about all these different podcasts in town i, oh, I yeah. did one the other day um the, at, at the fledge yeah yeah yep i did one there i've been there in a
1: minute <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool it was fun um so yeah, that's cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah,
0: so do you know what your like gu- guys's overall goal is with the podcast?
1: That is just an excellent question. I'm sure Nate has an answer to it. Um <laughs> yeah, he just wants we really believe in getting involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Um and we don't want to just be a gym that's like, "Oh, scan your car to be on your way like right. we, one day our classes like it's not just an open access gym but we just love like empowering people and um i guess being involved in people's life i not like the salesman standpoint which like right. a lot of fitness trainers can get stuck in that rut of like oh i'm here to make money right and there is money to be made in the health world yeah um but we're so much more than that like we do believe in like relationships and just like loving on people and community a sense of community that's what i
0: love about um that's one thing that's nice about crossfit is yeah like i I always talk about it but it's like a sense of community because you're you're all struggling if you're in a class you're all struggling together you're doing the same thing you're seeing
1: all everybody's record i mean i don't know if that's we have one of those like 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 a chart yeah well it's like we have heart monitors so it hooks up to you and it shows you like the calories whether you're like your heart rate's like where it should be so like everybody's competitive
0: That's cool. Is
1: that, I know there's some CrossFit.
0: I've never, I've never seen that. I've never seen that, but that's cool.
1: yeah, it's super fun. I'd
0: probably die of a heart attack because I'm trying to compete no. with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, what
1: happens? I feel like almost every male, they're like, they'll look down the line and be like, oh man, she's got 25 dumbbell, 25 pound dumbbells. I'm gonna do 35. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's gonna be super hard, but okay. And they're just dying, but you know, they're burning the most calories and they're making gains.
0: That's <laughs> hilarious. How did you um, get into fitness?
1: Oh man, that is a whole story right there. So, long story short, if I can make it short, um, when I was about 10 years old, um, I had a really severe head injury. Uh, We used to have horses. We were having a horse manure fight, which is (laughs) lots of fun. It sounds gross, but it's like an inner country girl. Having a horse manure fight, and um, some of my siblings and my cousin were on the barn roof. Now what was very interesting about this day is it was actually the same day as my aunt's funeral. So like kind of a somber day. We were all going outside to have this horse manure fight. And I remember my mom was like, be safe, right? (laughs) Be safe. Okay. So my sister gets this idea of, hey, some of us should go on the barn roof (laughs) and chuck horse manure and if oh you are yes. able to dodge the horse manure, you can be on our team, on the <laughs> barn roof. I'm like, cool, sick, uh, let's do it. So there's like, I don't know, probably eight or nine of us doing this game. The game gets over. It's concluded. I'm in my own little world. I don't even know why, but I s- ran out by myself to like put together a plan of how I'm going to dodge this <laughs> horse manure. I was so focused as a 10-year-old, okay? And so I, I run around. I, I thought I was dodging horse manure. Meanwhile, there's no horse manure flying because they're cleaning up on the barn roof. I just didn't know that. <laughs> I run inside, and if you were able to dodge the manure successfully, um, that means you could get in the barn. You'd scoop up sand and like show them, like that would be like their, your badge <laughs> to get on their team. So I scooped up the sand. I run out of the barn. And I'm like, I got dirt. And as I look up, my, I think it was, I don't know if it was my sister or my cousin that was throwing. I think it was my cousin that was like shovel coming down. Ten feet later, the metal shovel right on my head, and I fell to the ground. And shattered my skull and um so that kick-started my health fascination because it really affected i guess the rest of my education in a lot of ways so initially when i first got the injury my parents were like oh she got a skull fracture that was the obvious you had like 25 stitches like bedridden for like what was like six months um like that's the obvious but the the other factor is I had a severe concussion and we don't really think about that part. Kind of mm-hmm. like football players, right? We're like, keep yeah. going until they break an arm. <laughs> and, um, but concussions are like, can be deadly. It's, yeah. it's just really severe. And so my parents like, didn't know why all growing up, like, man, she can't tolerate the sun. Um, she'd like barely hit her head and she's out for three days. Like what is wrong? Wow. And so I started getting blood work. I ended up getting diagnosed with a few different things, but not nothing in relation to my head injury. Fast forward to my senior year of high school, and I went on a skiing trip, and oh. um, yeah, <laughs> um, up at Cab <laughs> Roof, hey, And and um, I signed up for nighttime skiing, and so I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to the farthest Black Diamond Hill, and we get over there, and my friend is like, the lights aren't on over here, I don't think they want us here, and then there was, like, some ropes, so, like, it was obvious, they're like, do not use, and it was, like, negative <laughs> 14, it's freezing this ice, right, don't do it. I'm like, I'm an avid skier. I can do this, right? Oh, my god. She's like, okay, I'm going to go down this other hill, and I'll meet you at the bottom. Well, she did not meet me at the bottom (laughs) Uh, because I, like, uh, totally tumbled, ran into a tree, and then, like, once I landed, my skis were behind my head because I tumbled and pinned my hair down. And I'm like, I cannot get up. And it's, like, negative 14 degrees. And I'm, like, dressed, but not, like, sit out here for eons. And eons of time. And right. so I'm like, oh, man. So I'm laying there for a couple minutes. My head is throbbing because I whacked it. And I'm like, I need to get up. I'm feeling super nauseous. And, like, it's pitch black. Like, it would take a little bit for them to find me. I got up So I remember, like, wiggling my way out, my hair being pinned behind. And my arms were, like, it was, like, so uncomfortable, okay? I oh get to the bottom. Goodness. And they were about ready to send up a search warrant. There's, like, she was telling all the age, She's, like, down there crying. I get down there and I was like, yeah, I, was, I think I got a concussion. <laughs> but I paid to nighttime ski, so I'm going to finish this. <laughs> so I finished. I took like five Advil and just kept going. Oh but then over the next few days, I like wasn't eating, sleeping. And my mom was like, we're going to the hospital. So we start talking with a few neurologists and they're like, oh, interesting. Did you have a head injury? I'm like, yeah. when I was like 10 years old, but like that was forever ago. <laughs> and he's like, Uh no need to go through some things so like from there i started seeing a few different neurologists chiropractors um and specifically this chiropractor where ronnie and i had met okay. really started walking me through like some physical therapy some traction proper nutrition um and i went from like pre-concussion before i was 10 super athletic to like after that like running a quarter of a mile i'm like well, i throw up i'm like in bed for three days wow. to when I started seeing this chiropractor and getting on nutrition that I was like I can run a mile. oh my word I can do this I can do that and through this time of when I re-hit my head through the skiing accident I like packed on weight I'm like well I guess this is my life because I couldn't finish my senior year of high school wow. I couldn't go to my dream college and I'm just like what was your dream college it was Hillsdale
0: oh okay. Hillsdale,
1: yep um
0: why was that your dream
1: I like classical education. Um, I feel their education is, I mean, so they're in the top five classical schools in the United States. Okay. Um, It's very small, but their education is like, people from there, it's no like shocker. If someone graduated from there, and was like a professor at Princeton. Like that's just like, they specialize in stuff like that. Um, And I feel how their, like their approach to like history is just like fascinating. It's just very well done um and it's not too far away so um that was my dream school and yeah that all came crashing down and i just had accepted until i met this chiropractor that i'm like well i'm just gonna like continue gaining weight i can't Uh. really be active and so once i started doing chiropractic work and physical therapy that i was like oh my word i'm making progress and who knew that like simple things such as turmeric help with brain inflammation like simple natural things i'm like i really want to pursue this and then empower other people, um, I don't want to say specifically women, but like I have a heart for more women because I am a woman. Right. Um, <laughs> that like you don't have to be stuck in this rut, like, there are means to to make you better to make mm-hmm. you stronger even like postpartum i love those people because it's easy as women to be like they slip into like postpartum depression they're like oh i put on this like 40 pounds and i'm just gonna be chubby the rest of my life and it's like actually no like we can push through these things um
0: just get through the first couple pounds yeah and then right like, and then all I, of a, I can do it
1: yeah that's all it takes really so um that's why i love hip fitness too is because not only are we like we're super fun. Like honestly, if you go through our content, you'll see a little bit. Like we're really like, goofy, fun. Um yeah, definitely not your stereotype gym, but <laughs> I love it. Um, well, Hit
0: Fitness I, I want to quick I want to get you out of here cuz okay. you have to go to a dinner, right? Yep. <laughs> um but Hit Fitness is more like a cardio base, right? It's like yeah. like so, a lot of like box jumps and like you're doing like yep. things for time. High intensity. High intensity. Yep,
1: high yep. intensity. Um each of the trainers are different though. Okay. So like I, man, it's so hard to like specify. Like, yes, we're Hit Fitness, but because we all train differently, like, there's some people that do like step up classes, TRX ropes. Mm -hmm. I like to specialize in like functional movements and then a lot of balance. Like, you don't think about like just like core movements, right? But you will when you're 60, 70, 80, you're like, oh man, I don't have that great of a balance. And so, like, even little things of like just practicing balance on like a Bosu ball, one leg, mm-hmm. and things like that. Like it's killer. Those are hard. Yeah. Oh my I word. I have I
0: have one of those. That's hard.
1: Yep. So no, it's super duper fun. Um, our first week is only a dollar, so you can come try it out.
0: <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> so super fun.
0: Cool. Yeah. All right, I'd like to check it out. Um, where are you guys located?
1: Oh my goodness, I should know the address of this. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> it's um. In Waverly. It's behind the mire that's on Saginaw okay. by the Lansing Mall. Yeah, right in that strip? Yep, right yep. behind there. Uh, it's on Ivan Street. Okay. I don't know the exact address, and that's really terrible. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're back there next to Bliss
0: spot. Okay, yep. Yeah. I know where that's at. Um, and the podcast is called what again? The Afterburn. The Afterburn. Yeah. And do you have like a social media that people could follow or do you want people to follow you? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So in regards to hit fitness, uh, we are on all social media platforms just under hit fitness, Lansing. Um, and then you can find me on all social media or Facebook and Instagram. I guess I have a few different social medias because I do a little, a lot of everything. Yeah. But my main social media is, um, Coach chamberrain.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll i ta- I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> okay. So.
1: Awesome. It's
0: been a pleasure having you on. Yeah. Would you do it again?
1: Oh yes. Yeah. This has been so I feel incredible. like we got so
0: much more we need to talk about. We just I kinda <laughs> hit the surf- we hit the surface of like everything and Yeah. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for doing this. I really yeah, appreciate you're it. Welcome. All right. <laughs>